Welcome back to Talk More Talk, a solo Beatles video cast. Hard to believe, but this is our 21st episode, and man, we're having a lot of fun doing this. So, but uh, before we uh, get into introductions, we're going to be talking about the film yesterday and our thoughts. And uh, hopefully, you guys will <laughs> hopefully you guys will uh, will join in the conversation. Let us know about your thoughts um and about the film and just so everybody knows i said it earlier during our little uh preview video but uh, we will be discussing spoilers so enter at your own risk uh if you don't want to be spoiled yet but it is uh past the third weekend and so hopefully everybody that's wanted to see it has seen it by now so but before we get into that we're going to uh introduce myself and all these wonderful people i get to do this great show with uh, but first my name is tom hanyati you may know me from my show Two Legs, a Paul McCartney podcast that I do with my cousin, David Gargolino. Um, joining me, she just put on her she just put on her crown. Oh, my God. It's the queen <laughs> of all media, or all Beatles media, I should say. She is no, all media is good. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> she is the author of this little dandy here, songs we were singing. And uh, Michael Jackson, FAQ, she is the one and only Kittle Tool Kit. How goes it? Hey, Tom. Hi, everybody. And, you know, Tom said in a teaser video earlier today, the queen might wear a crown. So this <laughs> is your fault, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I'll, I'll, I'll take that point. I'll take that point. <laughs> it's all my fault, everybody. Anyways, also, also joining us today is the DJ extraordinaire. He is the DJ of a weekly show called Every Little Thing. And by that, I mean he really does play every little thing. He is also the co-host of the popular podcast called Things We Said Today with Alan Cozen and Darren DeVivo. And he is the one and only the Dr. Johnny Fever lookalike that I've been hearing everybody been saying lately. He is Ken Michaels. Ken, what's going on? I have a feeling I'm going to be hearing that a lot now. Now, yeah. that, you, now that you had to bring that up, Tom, thanks yeah. so much. Nice going. good, Tom. Kit, yeah, everybody. Yeah, I, love, yeah. I love the crown, Kit. Keep it on. Thank it'll you. Be, thank it'll, be, it'll, be, it'll be a fixture. There you yeah, go. <laughs> No one will recognize you without it. Right, right. I know. I know. <laughs> there you go. And uh, once again, uh, Kenneth Womack uh, won't be able to join us today. So stepping into the plate, the pinch hitter, he's the uh, YouTube sensation, Joe Mean Mr. Mayo. What's going on, Joe? Hi, how you doing, uh, Tom? Good to see you. And also Kit, the sun queen, as I often say. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Ken, hi. So hi, uh, glad to be here again. Awesome. Great. Well, before we get, uh, get into all that fun stuff, we're going to get to uh, Ken Michaels and all the latest news. So, Ken, as the song goes, take it away. I was expecting to hear that, Tom. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, first of all, we have to bring up, as everyone I'm sure has seen, Paul McCartney ending his Freshen Up tour uh, with the show at Dodger Stadium in L.A. with a few special guests that joined him, one of which was Ringo Starr, who came out and drummed behind Paul. And with the band, they did Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band and also Helter Skelter. And then at the very end of the show, Joe Walsh came on. And he jammed with Paul and the band for the end, where they all trade off solos there. So I guess you guys have seen this, and I'm curious to know what you all thought. Well, I, I, was, <laughs> I, I was thrilled. I mean, I, I, I couldn't. I, I think, Joe, you said the same thing in your, your, uh, on your channel that, you know, I couldn't stop smiling. Um, when I was watching, you know, Ringo just looked like he was having the time of his life and seeing him, yeah. seeing him drum on Helter Skelter. I mean, yeah. that, and, and of course, <laughs> oh, yeah. reprise, but for some reason, Helter Skelter really got me. That thought, yeah, wow, me too, me too. Yeah, that he's never performed that live that I'm aware of. And it was, it was just great. Paul, you know, you could tell he was feeding off the energy. Uh, and the Joe Walsh part was great too. Poor Joe isn't getting the attention, you know, that, yeah. that <laughs> right. getting. and I mean, Joe just looked like he was living his dream. I mean, it, it was just so wonderful to see. And he just kept playing and playing. And, you know, I think Paul finally just said, oh, we're not going to take turns anymore. Fine. We'll do it this way. But it, it was just a, what, what a way to cap off that tour. Yeah, Paul even said that he that he kind of uh, they improvised that, mm-hmm. you know, at the end. They I don't think they rehearsed it at all. It's just yeah. they went with the flow and however they played it is what came out. But uh, yeah, I will agree with all of you. For me, the joy in watching that with Paul and Ringo is seeing that big smile on Ringo's face as he's drumming to help mm-hmm. the out there. And you know that they're having the time of their lives. So, um, you know, it isn't just the fact that they were two Beatles, but they just genuinely enjoy doing this. And as long as they enjoy yep. it, then uh, we're all the more better for it. So, uh, you know, I love watching it myself. Mm-hmm. And two guys almost 80 years old each, almost, <laughs> rocking the house. I yeah. mean, it, this was incredible. And Ringo was so into it at moments that I, I spotted. Really I had a great time watching it. I wish I was there. But, you know, maybe next time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, other news. Due to the success of the film yesterday, which we'll be talking about, five Beatles songs have entered Billboard's Hot Rock Songs charts. Here Comes the Sun at number nine, Let It Be at number 12, Yesterday at number 14, Hey Jude at number 16, and Come Together at number 17. And the bill, uh, the Billboard charts, the album charts, also have the Beatles occupying three slots. The Beatles won, which is like the biggest success story for the Beatles, really, in this century. When you right. think of the, the number of 43 album in the country right now, Abbey Road is at number 67. The White Album is at 154. Now, the film yesterday drops to number five in box office sales after a very impressive three weeks at number three. And it grossed over $48 million. Yep. Okay. Um, while we're waiting for the official statement, <laughs> I have to emphasize that because it's not official yet, but I'm sure everybody watching the show has seen the reports that have uh, turned up online about the upcoming Abbey Road uh, remastered box set 
And this, of course, to celebrate its 50th anniversary. What we've been hearing is that a super deluxe edition will be coming out, which will have three CDs, a Blu-ray, and a hardcover book. The three CDs would consist of the first disc being a, a remix of the album, the other two CDs being demos and outtakes. The Blu-ray, you can pack so much on a Blu-ray, will have a Dolby Atmos mix of the album, a 5.1 surround sound mix, and a high resolution stereo mix. And then there's the book, which has Paul McCartney contributing 80 never before seen photos wow. taken by Linda from the studio sessions and Kevin Howlett has done uh, most of the writing for it. So there's a lot of different configurations as you would expect. In addition to this super deluxe version, there'll be a deluxe version of two CDs. One is the remix, the other is uh, made up of demos and outtakes from the two different uh, CDs. Um, one, uh, there'll be a, a one CD version of Just Abbey Road, the remix. There'll also be a three LP box set with the remix and two albums of demos and outtakes. There'll also be a 180 gram vinyl edition of the remixed album. Plus, it'll be available in non-physical formats for purchase or streaming. Now, they're saying that it's strongly rumored that Paul and Ringo will be attending a listening party at Abbey Road Studio uh, Number 2 Studio, and that would be on August 28th. But I did check uh, Ringo's tour schedule, and he's supposed to be playing in Oakland that day. So yeah. I don't know how accurate that is. Yeah. Plus, two days prior, I'll be seeing him here in Phoenix. So... <laughs> Right. He's probably going to be yeah. hanging out with you. So, yeah, yeah exactly. have time for the party. Exactly. I'm yeah. seeing him on the 17th. Hey, Ringo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing him, I think, on that. Which show is that? Farmingville show? Yes, yeah, Farmingville. Okay, I'll be at that show too. Oh, 17th. Yeah, okay. right. 17th. Yeah, we'll have to meet cool. up for that. We have a um, yeah, let's. question which kind of ties into the news saying, uh, what do you think are the odds that Paul will join Ringo at Bethel Woods on August uh, 16th, the actual 50th anniversary of Woodstock? Well, what are the odds that the show actually happens? Exactly. I mean, I, I mean, that was my first thought. Yeah, uh, rumor is that it's not looking good for for the show. So that's uh, what I've heard too. Yeah, yeah, it's really been a yeah disaster, you know, organizing it and everything. I mean, my right. if it happens, my preliminary guess would be no. And you know, the queen right. has spoken. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm going to take this off my head before my head explodes. <laughs> this <thing's> tight. <laughs> no, you got to keep it on. <laughs> that, that's the new arrangement here. You are the queen. You act like a queen, right. and you look like a queen. All right. <laughs> so anyway, if all this is accurate about Abbey Road, the reissue is expected out September twenty seventh. All right. Um, the new issue of Uncut Magazine is out. It's called Introducing Ringo Starr: The Ultimate Music Guide. And that it includes in-depth reviews of every Ringo album, yes. a section on Ringo's films, one on Ringo rarities, and archived interviews from the enemy and Melody Maker, newly discovered. So I haven't seen that yet, but I will be on the lookout for that. And, uh, you know, whoever it is that uh, reviews Ringo's album, 
albums in his whole uh, career. Maybe we should have him on the show. <laughs> there you go. I'm going to call Barnes and Nobles uh, later tonight and see if they have a copy. Okay. <laughs> there you go. I'll, I'll do the same thing. Um, and as all of you know, and Tom is ready for this. <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> Ringo's album from 1976, Ringo's Rotogravure, has just been released as a green vinyl yeah. exclusive through, as Tom just mentioned, Barnes & Noble. It's being released on the Friday music label, and they've been putting out uh, Ringo's Bad Boy releases in different colored vinyl. So yeah. uh, It appears to be the uh, new home of Ringo reissues uh, lately because they've got Ringo the Fourth coming soon, and they've put Time Takes Time Out, and... As you said, Ken, bad boy. So, yeah. So I'm waiting for, you know, uh, all of <laughs> Ringo's catalog to come out and remastered all of it on CD yeah. for me anyway. Yeah. Well, I do oh, believe yeah, that definitely. This was released, I do believe that this was released on CD as well. Um, really? I'll double check that. Yeah, I think on the on the Barnes and Noble's website it says CD and vinyl. Okay. And is it remastered? Yeah, that's what well, I was just Yeah, you know, that's the funny thing, too. It says right here, excuse me one second. It says, mastered by Joe whoever um, at Friday Music Studios um, using from the Atlantic recording tapes. So it doesn't say analog tapes. It just says tapes. So, so we don't know for sure. We don't know for sure. Okay. Yeah. And it doesn't say remastered. No, it just says mastered. Yeah, oh, okay. okay. Mm. All right. So yeah. we'll see. Got to yep. get in touch with someone at Friday Music there. There you Good go. Good idea. Okay. Uh, Paul posted a video not long ago of him reading from his new children's book, Hey Grand Dude, which uh, officially comes out September 5th as a hardcover book and on Kindle. Um, also, we hear that Paul is going to appear on a new song on guitar and as co-composer from Australian artist Thelma Plum, P-L-U-M, or Plume, that'll be on her forthcoming album, Better in Black, spelt B-L-A-K. So we'll look out for that. Uh, Stella McCartney, I'm sure you've heard all the news about her. She posted a new video for her new fall collection called All Together Now, uh, which actually mixes footage in this video from Yellow Submarine with young people playing guitar and drums. You will not hear any Beatles music in the video, but you will see characters like a Blue Meanie in there and Jeremy Boob. Mm. Yoko sent uh, a live video out for something called Bells for Peace. This is for the opening of the Manchester International Festival. And while Yoko was singing lines about wishing for peace in the world, the crowd actually participated by shaking their bells and ringing them for peace. So Yoko is doing what she's been doing all along from her days with John and continuing throughout since uh, John's passing and spreading the message of peace in the world. Uh, Danny Harrison has just released a brand new song and it's called Motorways Erase It. And Erase It is in parentheses. And it's now available on streaming services. And he's actually been performing the song on tour uh, opening for Jeff Lynn's ELO. And um, let's see here. A new film is in the works called Prefab. 
which tells the story of the band that became the Beatles, the Quarrymen, and it'll feature members of the group from 1956 to 1959, including Colin Hanton, uh, Chaz Newby, Len Gary, and Rod Davis. And these four gentlemen actually were recording at the legendary Abbey Road Studios for this film. Mm. All of these members um, are all important in the history of the Beatles, but Colin Hanton, the drummer at the time, has uh, a lot of significance because he was with them through this entire period. And he, <clears throat> he got to witness, excuse me, John and Paul meeting each other for the first time. <clears throat> and also when George joined the band. So... Um, Colin left the group with the nucleus of what became the Beatles. And we don't have any word yet when we can expect this film. Mm-hmm. So that's all the news I have at the moment. Um, there is um, a gentleman, his name is Mark Marin. Uh, he has his podcast called uh, WTF. Oh, yeah. yes. Yes. And he just uh, posted his episode with Sean Lennon. Oh, so check that out. heard it. No, not yet. I just saw it today, so um, didn't get a chance yet. So. I've heard it's very good, but in, cool. as soon as I can, I'll be listening to that, yeah, too. Sure. Yeah, same here, same here. All right, so that's it for the news. And um, first, uh, before we get to yesterday as well, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the latest Paul reissues, specifically the Amoeba, yeah. the media gig. Uh, Joe, if you want to yep. pop up the album real quick and... Uh, so well, there we are. Just, yeah. Sorry about the glare. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Nice. Uh, yes. But I <laughs> nice got cover to, there. Yeah, this has to be probably you know the best of the batch. Uh, you know, for me, anyways. I listened to it last night, and I, what an amazing, amazing live performance, and the crowd was excellent. Uh, Ken Michaels, what do you? What were your thoughts of the uh, show? I'm blown away by it, and. Um, I listened to this in the car, and I thought that the the audio quality was stunning, mm-hmm. really clear, and right. um, and uh, the thing is, this concert took place in two thousand seven, and um, you notice when you listen to this how great Paul's vocals still were back then. I mean, they still are great, but we also have noticed how it's deteriorated a bit through the years. But man. <laughs> his vocals are so strong all throughout and that's right what what impresses me the most about this yeah. i think I, i'm gonna really treasure this because um you know uh, there are some songs on here that when he toured with the band he didn't do from memory almost full including that was me which is a terrific performance and also house of wax so just for those two songs alone, if you listen to Paul's vocals on both those songs, it's extraordinary. It's fantastic. It's a great live performance altogether of, uh, of those two songs. And so um, I just can't get over how powerful his voice is, especially on House of Wax. It made me really wish that he'd have done it with the band on the tour. But, um, you know, he's very loose during this show. He ad-libs a bit. He feels really comfortable. He points out Ringo in the crowd. Um, you know, there are certain songs on here. Many of the songs we've come to know uh, Paul doing so many times uh, on tour, um, especially, you know, a lot of the Beatle classics. But it's nice to have something like Matchbox in there, which uh, prior to that we've had from uh, Chip and the Live Fantastic, from the rehearsals, 
uh, but not from an actual live performance on stage. And um, it's just an overall great vibe. Oh, nod your head uh, is actually a slight disappointment because <laughs> Paul's, Paul's vocals are so great on it. He's screaming. He's got that great uh, voice when he screams. And it's only a little bit more than a minute of the song. Right. So, yeah. Um, huh. but yeah, all these performances are, are just wonderful. Uh, only Mama Knows, which he did do when he toured with the band. But uh, all the Beatle classics, you know, uh, it's just wonderful. You get that feeling of intimacy right. from from doing this show. Yeah. And what a cool idea to yeah. do this in, in a record store, in any record yeah. store, for right. that matter. But right. um, I love it. I, I, I will say this many times over, just to get that was me, and just yeah. to get House of Wax, yeah. it's yeah. worth it. It's right. worth it just for you know to buy this. It's so, a great uh, performance, great. Yeah. yeah, I was just gonna say that that you know this was me and you know uh, House of Wax were definitely highlights. He's in very very good voice with the with the show Calico Skies again is another song that I cherish. Uh, you know that was a song that was part of my wedding, and um, Sea Moon is a, has always been a favorite as well for me. So this 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 live performance is definitely catapulted, you know. Um, itself up to maybe just underneath wings over america for his best live uh um, album that he's officially released but uh joe your thoughts on it oh well i i loved it i played the cd as ken says the quality is amazing uh sound quality uh paul's vocals uh terrific the band is tight uh, how about uh, talking about here today a little bit? You know, Paul yeah. always tends to get a little emotional, but this one is probably the most emotional because, you know, he dedicated it not only to John, of course, but also to George and Linda. Right. And uh, he breaks down, uh, which is very touching at the end. And then I like how he says, you know, well, it's okay. We can cry. We're all adults here, right? He, and, oh. and he gets a good reaction from the crowd. That's very touching, you know. Right. Um, a moment that I really, really like, um, and uh, I, I'm just looking at the song track, the track listing. It just even songs that I've heard before so many times. Like I've got a feeling I love. I, he's done that, but I just love the way it sounds here. Just they're all top notch. Uh, even things that I might say, you know, I've heard this one a lot of times. Like uh, you know, Hey Jude, of course, but uh, it, it's perfect here. It's just it, it really suits the intimacy of of, of the the show and you got people in the audience like uh, you know Ringo of course and I saw Alanis Morissette I think in some of the footage and Woody Jeff Harrelson Lynn. yeah Jeff Lynn was there um yeah Jeff, Jeff Lynn, Lynn. Yeah. uh you know but one thing I wanted to just throw in here you know the vinyl which is kind of odd has uh, coming up on it from the sound check you know I might as well throw that in that's not on the CD and that's that's kind of a rare thing where the CD gets shortchanged that's odd you know? <laughs> right. so I just, I just love it in fact let me just end by saying that I think and I've said this you know in my review I did on my channel I said this is going to be my go-to album I think when people say you know what's a good Paul live performance you know I'm gonna of course wings over America sure but I think this one's going to be right there when I recommend uh, what I think is the best. Yeah, cool, cool. And, and yep, Kit, you're I'm, still waiting for your copy. I'm still waiting for my copy. I I am even more psyched to hear it after hearing these these reviews. And also, I I have a, a comment here from uh, from astute viewer Matthew Smith who says, "I love only Mama knows." 
Um, and said so Memory is, uh, Memory Almost Full is a great album overall. That's aged quite well. I completely agree. Agreed, I, agreed. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Oh. I think that was a an underrated album. And that's one of the reasons I'm really excited to hear this. Because as you said, getting only Mama Knows and House of Wax and, you know, yeah. I mean, hearing those live, I mean, because he never plays them, you know, plays them now. So, uh, you know, so even for that alone, it's it's mm -hmm. great to have. Mm -hmm. Right. Cool. Excellent. Uh, so have you listened to Paul's Live yet, Joe, by chance? I'm sorry? Have you listened to Paul's Live yet? Can you hear me? I haven't listened to it yet. I hear it's remastered. I hear right. it's going to be it's supposed to be remastered. Uh, but for what it's worth, I mean, I just happen to have it here. If you want to just mm -hmm. take a little look at that there. And I love the cover. I <laughs> love the cover of this. Yeah. And uh the, the kind of takeoff on uh, I guess Paul is dead, Paul is live. Mm -hmm. Always really like that, and uh, you know uh, he got some uh, kind of cool colored vinyl here, uh, you know, little baby blue, yeah. and uh, <laughs> I didn't get around to playing it yet. I didn't, I didn't get the CD of this one though. Right, I'm sticking yeah. with the uh, 1993 version. Gotcha. But uh, maybe somebody can tell us how how it sounds when they when yeah. they hear it. Yeah, I did pick up the CD version. Of that, and I did pick ah. up the CD version of uh of the Russian album. So I'll pl right. probably spin uh, spin these guys uh, later this week, and then hopefully my uh, my color vinyl uh, bundle will show up on Friday, like uh, like it says. So, but we'll see. But any any anywho, um, so <laughs> shall we get to the main topic? Uh, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. Let's. So um, before we get into uh, discussion, I'll give the little premise if anybody out there still hasn't seen it yet or anything like that. But uh, um, struggling musician Jack Malik, uh, played by Himesh Patel, announces to his manager, Ely, uh, played by Lily James, that he's giving up his dream of being a singer-songwriter. After Ely begs him to ch uh, change his mind, Jack is... Uh, hit by a bus during a worldwide blackout. And uh, he wakes up a day or two later, we, we don't know, and discovers that he's the only person that can remember anything about the Beatles. And, you know, I guess that begs the question that we'll ask later on to the, to the, you know, everybody listening, what would you do if you were the only one that remembered the music of the Beatles? Would you go the same route as Jack did here or would you do something different? But anyways, um, a few months ago, I think it was like what, five months ago, this this trailer premiered. And we started hearing about uh, the movie. Um, Ken Michaels, what was your first impression uh, when you saw the trailer and then when you heard about this movie? Well, obviously, I was interested to see it. But my first thought was that this is very much like a Twilight Zone episode. Right. Um, you know, if you grew up on the classic series, the old series, and every episode was half an hour, my only worry was, can this premise go an hour and a half to two hours? Can it right. last and and hold your interest for that long? And it did succeed on that, on that mm -hmm. level for sure. But uh, I, I thought it was a great idea to wake up in a world where there is no Beatles. And, and in this particular case, while a lot of people dwell on, on that aspect of it, it's just as much a part of the story that this is a guy that's down on his luck and he's the only person, like you said, who seemingly, right. although later on we find out otherwise, right. uh, is aware of the Beatles catalog and has all those songs in his head. And what do you do with that? Yeah. You know, yeah. are you going to try to make yourself a star? And, and as we witness, I won't give too much away, everybody thinks this guy is a genius. 
because he's coming up with all these great songs and it's pouring out of him. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if you were in his shoes, would you do the same thing that he did? And could you live with yourself knowing that you really didn't write these songs and everybody thinks that you're this, this genius, you know, or will the truth ever be exposed about right. So there's more to it than just the guy wakes up and there's no Beatle music in the world and the Beatles never happen. So, right. yeah, but my original thought was, can this work beyond half an hour? Mm -hmm. um, and it did for me. Right. Right. So ultimately, you know, in my opinion, it is basically, you know, it's a love story, um, you know, in in a Twilight Zone, as you said, Ken, kind of atmosphere with, with the Beatles um, just mixed in with it. So Joe, um, your thoughts on uh, your first uh, reaction when you first heard about this film? Um, well, I first heard about it, you know, a long time ago before the trailer. And I said, uh, the first thing I thought was kind of like what Ken was saying. Well, how in the world are they going to sustain that through a whole movie? You know, um, I like the premise of it, but uh, Caitlin will just made a Caitlin Larkin just came on here and made a comment uh, that I happened to read up here saying about they should have focused on the Twilight Zone ap uh, aspect more of like, you know, what's a world without the Beatles like rather than the love story. Mm. Um, you know, um, I, I accept it as, as it is a romantic comedy with a Beatles backdrop, but. Uh, when I saw the trailer first, then I thought, well, I thought they were going to go more in a direction that it was going to be the first trailer I saw more of a, you know, kind of Twilight Zone type of thing all the way. Not so much right. the love story, but it, it still worked for me. I mean, I don't know how far you want me to go at this point. I mean, I, I want to wait. I'll give you my yeah, whole feeling on everything. Yeah, but, wait, uh, yeah, wait a few minutes, sir. You know, that's and, the first uh, impressions that, that I thought of it. I have the, the same as Ken. I mean, that, it's a very limited idea, but uh, how are they going to do this? But they, I like what they did with it. Mm -hmm. You know, some reservations. Yeah. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah. Same reservations with me too. Sometimes because I'm not the biggest fan of of covers um, when it comes to the Beatles music. I mean, there, sure, there's some great ones out there, but I mean, we've we've got the Beatles music. Why? You know, I don't want to you know sit and listen to an hour and a half of covers if I don't have to. But I, I did appreciate you know the work because he did sing all these songs himself. So I, I respected that. And um, uh, Kittle Tool, uh, your thoughts when you first discovered uh, yesterday? Well, I, you know, I, I think you just touched upon something, Tom, that, you know, I think part of being a Beatles fan is we're extremely overprotective, you know, mm -hmm. and my, my overprotectiveness kind of kicked in when I first saw the trailer where I thought, oh, no. You know, how are they, what are they going to do? Is this going to be, and I know some people love this film, but, you know, across the universe or something, you know, I, I, uh, I just thought, oh boy, you know, what, what is, <laughs> you know, what are they going to do? Um, and, and as I said, you know, I completely acknowledge that uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm very overprotective when, when it comes to them. However, um, you know, the, the idea was interesting and the, as you've all been saying, and some of our viewers are saying the twilight zone aspect of it, because it, it does get you thinking about that. And it also gets you, and I'm not going to go too much into this yet, because we'll get into the review, but you know, how much these songs have become you know, ingrained in our culture and our lives. I mean, they're like the soundtrack. And to imagine, you know, a world where they didn't exist, I mean, it's, it's just, uh, you know, it's mind-blowing to, to consider because they're just 
as I said, they're just so ingrained in our culture. So it was, I thought, on the one hand, as I said, I was nervous. On the other hand, I'm like, well, you know, it's an interesting concept. So it, you know, we'll, we'll see if it works. Cool. Yeah, and you know, bits and pieces did work for me. Was we'll get into um, as we'll get into a little bit later on. But uh, Joe, you've uh, just come out of the gates loving this movie. You've seen it what three times now. So well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I admit to that. I admit to that. No, I, I, uh, I like the movie. I don't. I don't. Wouldn't say I love it. I like it. Um, I would give it. I like to rate movies in my movie reviews. I I do a four stars. I do. I'm a four star guy. I rate. I rate this one three out of four. Okay. If I was going to give it a, a star rating out of four, uh, my girlfriend, she lives for romantic comedy, uh, romance movies in general, and the Hallmark Channel and romantic comedy. She really loved it, and uh, we saw it three times. Yes, as I say, and uh, a lot of it was because she wanted to see it again. But I had no, I didn't mind. I always like seeing a movie multiple times that I like, just to see you know, you know, other people in the audience don't know what's coming yet, and you want to see their reaction and how was it with different audiences and so on. So I had, I had that experience. But uh, yeah, so uh, I thought I did see. I admit to that. I saw it three times, and uh, but you, yeah. I think you well, saw Matthew, it twice though, Tom. Didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I saw it again today because it's been three weeks, you know. But Matthew Smith just <laughs> makes a good point here because there's and the reason why. And this is the reason why I wanted to see it again because I, you know, if I missed the, you know, something here and there, and this is one yeah. of the things that I missed. I mean, did you notice that the airport was called Liverpool and not yeah. John Lennon? So mm. you know, good eye yeah. on you. Matthew Smith, you know, so and there's but there's a lot of yes. those little things in there that, you know, I really appreciated and really fit this movie. Um, and I'm sure we'll get into that uh, for a second uh, or in a second. Um, Ken Michaels, uh, you might have seen this before. Oh, did you did you see this before it officially opened or did you see it on opening day? Yeah, I saw a preview. It was a couple okay. of days before it opened. OK, so then uh, let's hear your uh, your thoughts uh, on the movie. I think it's very good. I mean, if you look at it as strictly a fantasy and nothing else, right. then it works on, on so many levels. I mean, if you're a Beatle fan, you'll love it because of the Beatle music being in there. If you try and overanalyze it, which so many fans do, then you'll tend to get disappointed. You know, I think it's an interesting idea to talk about what the world would be like, what the music scene would be like today if the Beatles never existed. But right. that's going to be all speculation. Right. You know, what's, a, what's kind of funny in this movie is that um, when Jack Malik, the main character, goes on his computer and he, and he types in Beatles with an A and he just mm -hmm. gets the insect, he, he types in other things. He types right. in the Rolling Stones and they there appear. Right. Yeah. So the, so the Rolling Stones did happen. So then you right. start thinking, well, yeah. if the Beatles didn't happen, would the Rolling Stones have been the biggest band in the world? And would they have been the biggest influence? Your mind could race to those thoughts if you want it to be. But right. you know, it's hard to imagine the world with without the Beatles, not just because of their music, but because they were so responsible for the whole British invasion happening here in America. And if you didn't have a band like that break the way that they did in such an explosive way, do you honestly think that all those other bands would have had the kind of success that they had? Right. And it's possible that those bands could have been successful, but probably not nearly as big as they were. But again, this is all speculation. And how do you make a film out of that? <laughs> That's right. all and I'm guessing it. that the Rolling Stones did not record I Want to Be Your Man. <laughs> That's true. Right. 
just yeah. as there's a moment where Jack is going through his records and uh, looking for right. frantically looking for Beatles records, and he goes through Bowie, Bowie, he's looking for Bowie, and I'm thinking, I don't think Across the Universe is on there or Fame, <laughs> you know, on his Bowie right. albums. That's true. Yeah, but I mean, you can nitpick forever. I'm with you, Ken, on that. You know, I'm, I know in the comments I've done with a lot of people, everybody has different opinions, but uh, some people to me, you know, treat it kind of like they're expecting it to be hard science and like we're watching Star Trek or The Terminator and it's just a uh, kind of wacky romantic comedy fantasy and, and I, I went with it myself so I, I didn't expect it to be answering all these so-called plot holes maybe that could <laughs> you could pick on. Yeah, and I also must say that one of the things that I love about the, the movie really is the acting because yeah. the main character, yes. Jack Malik, is very believable in his role and you really sympathize with the guy for being a struggling musician maybe some of the people watching this right now and watching the movie is a struggling musician or you know people who are and they're down on their luck and they're about to give up you know and um he's so believable in that role you know he'll, he'll be very down on himself and, and he'll say i don't have the it factor you know and um so many musicians come to a point in their lives when they have to decide what am i going to do this is not really working out and it just so happens that this whole thing the blackout happens right at that moment but i mean the acting is really good as is uh the manager mm -hmm. uh, you know who, who's always been in love with him yep. you know and ed sheeran is fantastic in this movie as well i mean he plays himself but it's I, you know sometimes it's not that easy to play yourself you might overact you know and uh <laughs> It's it's true, you know. It's 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 like saying, "Hey, just be natural," okay. <laughs> but you find yourself being so self conscious that you're not natural. But um, he's he's great in this movie. Um, mm -hmm. You know, after giving it a little bit more thought, I happen to like Kate McKinnon a lot. Yeah. Uh, thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> there is probably nobody that I can remember in the history of that show. There's so many people I love on SNL, but when it comes to playing over the top sometimes very obnoxious characters that you want to strangle. Nobody's better at that than Kate McKinnon. But sometimes I feel like in this particular movie, she was playing a character from SNL, you know, yeah. instead of oh. being a movie character. Right. She was really over the top uh. of being a record company executive. Maybe you loved it. You know, I, I still love her. You know, I, maybe she played the part right. I don't know, but I'm so used to seeing her in short sketches. Right. You know, that it's hard for me. Maybe she should have been a little bit more held back, you know, in being in playing the role that she played. I don't know. That's just an opinion. Well, for me, for me, Kate McKinnon was a, stand, a standout. But, uh, you know, I knew I recognized her from somewhere, but I couldn't think where. See, I, I don't watch the new Saturday Night Live very much. I haven't watched them faithfully in many years. But uh, then I remember when I, afterward when I heard where she was from, I said, oh, that's where I saw her before. So I didn't really have, you know, like a preconceived image of her or anything. I thought she was, she was good for comedy relief in a lot of spots. Or, well, it's all the whole thing's right. a comedy, but she made Ooh. some funny bits and things like that. I thought she was a standout. I, I, personally, I enjoyed her. Gotcha. Cool. Um, uh, Joe, what was your uh, thoughts about the movie? I mean, what did you like about okay. it? What did you dislike? Oh, I got my notes here. Let me just see. But uh, <laughs> probably could wing it anyway. Uh, yeah, I you know, my thunder has been stolen. I, I like the cast. Yeah, uh, the, uh, the lead actor was so good. Uh, uh, Hamish Patel. Did I get his yeah, name yeah. right? Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Um, and I thought he, he fits so well. And I saw an interview with the director where he knew right away that he was the one to pick. Because right. uh, while you might not think he was like, he kind of like, uh, this is all subjective, but average maybe, that there was kind of jokes being made of that at his expense at times in, in the movie by Kate McKinnon. That's more realistic, I think. You know, if you would, you know, you would have had a typical type of star, you know, quality man. You know, it looks the part. You know, I think that would have ruined it a little bit. Um, and of course, one thing I, I do have to say is, I was hoping that this would at least be an opportunity for young people, maybe especially who don't really know the Beatles catalog, to get a, a real good taste of the music. And I know they can't do all the songs entirely it'll it'll be three hours or four hours but um in a couple of cases i thought they did well they presented yesterday the song enough of it and maybe in my life and i'm looking here what else uh maybe long and winding road but i didn't think there was a little disappointed that there wasn't enough time given that people could say you know i like that song man i'm gonna have to check these out by the Beatles because these are good songs. I don't think there was enough given to the music. I know that wasn't the point really, but I would have liked a little bit more f of that for the sake of young people mm -hmm. maybe getting more in involved in the music. Right. Um, and of course, and he only sings like, let it be, you only get the, the first verse three times or something <laughs> like that. In a fun, very funny scene. His parents were very funny too, right. I, I gotta say. Uh, and you know, I'll, I'll save... The surprise for later. We talk about it. You know, I could mention that, but we'll talk about that later, right? I, let me know yeah. where you want to go because mm -hmm. yeah, I don't yeah. want to say too much about that. Right. And yeah. uh, that's that's it. Well, yeah. Um, I, you know, like I said earlier, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of of covers, but this version did want me to hear more. I mean, I, I think it maybe has something to do with the fact that. You know, rom coms are my least favorite genre of all. You know, Hollywood genres. I'm not. I don't care for it. I mean, it's too mushy. And I thought some right. scenes were a little too long uh, in this in this uh, film for that. So you know, hearing him, his performances, which I thought were excellent. I mean, it wanted me to hear more. And there's one disappointing thing where if you watch that first trailer, it shows him singing something on the on the James uh, Corbin show. And it was cut from the film. I don't know if you got to see if they showed it in the preview, because sometimes previews are different cuts than the actual cut, Ken. I but, didn't see uh, that. Okay, I yeah. So there's yeah, there's a scene of him uh, singing something on that James Corden show, which I would have loved to have seen. Um, you, like you said, guys said, you know, I um, in my life was excellent. Yesterday was excellent. Um, I love that punked out version of of Help that was yes. uh, yeah. later, you know, later Definitely. on in, in the in the film. Um, you know. There's those little things that um, I noticed, um, uh, like the orchestration of a day in a life you hear right before he gets hit um, from by the bus, and you hear that work up to that scene where he gets hit by the bus, and then where where the, you get that long piano note, it's actually him getting hit by the at the bus. Um, you know, him going to uh, Liverpool, and you know, because he's having hard times. You know, remembering the lyrics to Eleanor Rigby, you know, Ooh. so he goes to Liverpool to, you know, he finds Eleanor Rigby's grave and then goes to Strawberry Fields and sees the, you know, the building destroyed and then goes to Penny Lane and sees the prop, you know, the barbershop, you know, closed yeah. down. So those little things 
um, you know, when he when they do show him on the Corbin show, they you know Corbin goes, you know, here's Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr. You know, the last thing you see before this the, that scene edit uh, uh, goes is you see Paul McCartney barefooted. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed that. Um, so that was sure. that was pretty cool, you know. So it was a those little things, you know, especially you know as you guys said, um, uh, no oasis. What, what yes. I mean, so you know, to <laughs> yeah. exist, so that was oasis funny. Exists, you know. <laughs> Cigarettes didn't yeah, exist. Funny. Was that because the Beatles were such big smokers that I mean, since they don't exist, that I didn't take it that way. You know, I had just thoughts in my head. You know, um, yeah. it's probably you know, the biggest things in the world, right? Yeah, don't exist. Coca Cola is the number one drink. Yep, that's a good point. Man. <laughs> you know, and you know, and Harry Potter was huge as well. You know, yeah. so so that's a very good point that you make there. It's probably like things that were just massive. Um, throughout, uh, you know, their, their, yeah. their, you know, the creation of Coca-Cola became the biggest, you know, soft drink there is. I mean, so yeah, that's a good point. Um, so those little things are, are the things that I really, you know, appreciated. Um, I thought his singing voice was well. I mean, I, I watched that same uh, video that you watched, Joe, on that CBS uh, with the with uh, Danny Boyle. Well, I should say is a great director. Danny Boyle is, you know, a, a Slumdog Millionaire, um, Shallow Grave, Train Spotting, Train Spotting Two, uh, 127 Hours. Great, great filmography. Uh, if you're not familiar with this guy, check out his back catalog. It's some really good stuff. Um, so uh, I, I wanted to. Oh, I'm sorry. When you have a chance, I wanted to. Well, before I forget, uh, I, I want. I should have said before. You know. The CD, I got the CD of the soundtrack of yesterday mm -hmm. to throw that in. We were talking about the songs. You know, the CD does have uh, longer versions of the songs, full versions okay. of the songs. Right. And okay. for anybody that's interested, and uh, that you heard in the movie, just snippets of you have in full. You have both. Yeah. You have the snippet from the film and the full version. Okay, cool. Oh, is, uh, nice. hey Jude on, is Hey Jude on it? Uh, oh, yeah, hey and if you buy, if, if <laughs> the Hey Jude's on it, in full, and if you buy the Target exclusive, which I did, you get "Hey Dude," the, the whole song singing "Hey Dude." Cool. <laughs> if you're so inclined, I gotta say something about that because there's a scene in there that I'm sure everyone has seen, where um, he's given advice from Ed Sheeran to call the song "Hey Dude," and I'm 99% certain that the first time that Paul McCartney was interviewed by Howard Stern. He said to him, "You should have called the song, Hey Dude.'" So I think oh, really? I would probably I give that. some credit for this. <laughs> yeah, I'm serious about that. Uh, well, that's not. It's funny. I've heard people. That was a slip. <laughs> I, I can't see. I can't see Ken. I I, I, I heard some people say that uh, there was other songs. Uh, or at least one of the songs uh, that I don't know called Hey Dude previously anyway. I don't know if that's uh, true. Yeah. A heavy metal song or something, maybe? Uh, maybe. Uh, know. Somebody might know. But, yeah, but there's also, um, I don't know if you guys noticed this too, but when they're doing uh, I Want to Hold Your Hand, it sounded like they, they really did say, I get high instead of I can't hide. Yes, so, yes, I noticed I don't know that. If you guys yeah. noticed that as well. But uh, yeah. cool. you were probably the least... Uh, um, <laughs> The least interested in seeing this uh, out of out of the four of us. So uh, you finally did get to see it, and uh, you know what? What did you think? Well, I'm I'm fully expecting the uh, the virtual eggs to be thrown at me, and, and maybe I need to put my crown back on. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all right. <laughs> um, I thought it was okay. Um, I I 
you know, first of all, I understood this was not going to be a documentary or anything like that. I knew that. Um, I also, of course, knew about the premise. So I'm like, okay, you know, I need to, to suspend disbelief. Um, but there, there were just so, there were some pot, uh, plot, well, potholes too, but plot holes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and uh, that, that kind of bothered me. Um, you know, like the two characters, uh, the Russian and, uh, and I guess Quidlian, who were not affected. And, you know, they still remember it. And it was never explained, you know, why were they spared? Um, you know, that that kind of bothered me. The thing about, you know, when they mentioned cigarettes and Coke and Harry Potter not existing. And, you know, I, I did keep thinking, what does that have to do with the Beatles? I was, like, I was you know, I was trying to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which maybe it was nothing. I, I, you know, and so it was things like that. But I will say, so that I'm, I'm not a complete Scrooge. Um, I, I, I did like. I thought Imesh Patel did a great job, particularly on the ballads, um, the mm. slow stuff, up tempo stuff. Like I didn't really care for that version of Help. I know what he was trying to do, and you know, and he was yeah. angry, very angry at that moment, and the words, you know, clearly, you know, applied to him at that time. But um, you know, I will say, Long and Winding Road, um, and in my life, particularly, I thought yeah. okay, he's not the most you know, technical singer. I mean, he's kind of a pure singer. And I could really tell that he was thinking about what he was saying. He was thinking about those lyrics. Because I found myself, I mean, sure, we all know the lyrics, but I did find myself watching and, you know, really listening and, you know, and thinking, wow, there's really a story here. And, mm -hmm. and, he, and he expressed that very well. Uh, you know, I, I appreciated that. Um, the parents, you were mentioning the parents, right. were, they were, they were cute. They were cute. And, and that they supported him, you know, mm -hmm. that they, you know, at times they thought, okay, this music thing, how, how adorable, but they still, you know, they still supported him, which I appreciated. Did not like, um, I, I hate to say it, I did not like Kate McKinnon. Um, I thought she was a little too over the top for me in this. Mm -hmm particularly that line and it just made me kind of cringe at the end when um jack and ellie are you know he's revealed who really wrote the songs and they're sort of trying to escape the uh the theater and uh and kate um kate mckinnon's character deborah i think is running after them and she sings you know starts yelling for the love of money, money. <laughs> I thought, oh, come on, you know i mean it's like we're getting into cartoon kind of you know and and so it was things like that and and just like you know i, I was saying to somebody else like the the you know okay we've got the the cute um, love interest who's kind of quirky and wears sneakers with dresses and you know maybe cute hats and everything check you've got the goofy best friend you know in this case the, mm -hmm. he was funny he was he was <laughs> right. kind of funny check <laughs> and right. you know yeah. so to me I I could just sort of check all the romantic yeah. comedy tropes and right. and just the the main thing was this just this little twist um and so i i wasn't really that crazy about it but uh there was that one scene uh right. that certainly brought me up short so i don't okay. know if you want to talk well, about it now yeah well let's get to that right. one scene, which <laughs> yeah. you know is got to be the highlight of the movie at least it was oh yeah me. Um, me too ken, yeah ken michaels uh i mean someone that has you know 
listen to the Beatles, you know, the music of the Beatles and, and Soul Beatles and John Lennon in particular, you know, and you're sitting there and you're you're watching that scene. And it makes sense when that door opens and you see John Lennon standing there, it makes sense. Because if you are living in a world without the Beatles, or if the Beatles never existed, there's a good chance John Lennon may still be alive. You know, what was your what were your thoughts uh, of Ken when you when you uh, when you saw that? Well, that was a big shocker for me, and I think for most people. And what I loved about it was that uh, the guy who played the older John, who would be right. seventy eight, looks right. very much like John would look like today. Robert Carlyle. Yeah. yeah. And you've got to realize that this guy is not the John Lennon that wrote all the great songs that we've come to know and love. And if there's no John Lennon Beatle, there's no Cynthia, there's no Julian, there's no Yoko, there's no Sean, there's, there's none of that history at all. He just led a normal life like anybody else. And mm -hmm. it kind of makes you question, how are we better off? You know, yeah. you know because of the fact that John was murdered the way mm -hmm. he was, you know, if there was, if the Beatles existed, then look what happened to John. If the Beatles didn't exist, he'd be alive and healthy and be a, yeah. a normal person and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, living a normal life. So it makes you question that. That yeah. was the one moment. And, and I got to tell you, and everybody who watched this show has got to feel the same way as I did. The moment when, when Jack asked John Lennon, can I have a hug? Right. Every single one of us, if given the opportunity, would be asking that question. And I had a lump in my throat, you know, right. even though he wasn't the John Lennon you know, of the Beatles, yeah. but still, you wanted to hug him anyway. Right. But um, it was a very emotional scene that caught me completely off guard. I didn't think that was going to happen. And, um, you know, it's I, I love that little twist in yeah. the movie. Right. So yeah. you, see, you know, you see him, and then you realize, okay, this is not the John that was in the Beatles. This is not the witty, you know, smartass, you know, John that we we we've, we've come to know. So when I was watching this scene, I'm thinking, oh wow, this isn't this is a completely different take on John Lennon. And well, we did get finally did get a little something witty, you know, while he was hugging Jack. He did say he needs the very serious psychiatric help. So I thought that was. <laughs> yeah. uh -huh. You know, yeah. a little bit. Of, so he did have some wit there with him. But but yeah, yeah, watching it a second time today, you know, I was just very excited for that scene to happen. And, and a couple of times before that, that, before that scene came up, I just found myself, you know, getting a little emotional. I'm like, okay, here it's it's, it's five minutes away. Here it comes. And, you know, and, and it happened again. You know, I it, it was just as, as emotional touching the second time around. Um, Joe, uh, how did you feel about yeah. the scene? Oh, uh, the same thing. I, you know, I didn't know it was coming. Uh, these days, it's so difficult with the internet and everything. It's easy to get spoilers. I went not not knowing it was going to happen. And when he, especially when Robert Carlyle first opens that door, mm -hmm. I mean, that shot looks like just like John to me. That's the biggest wow shock factor in a good way. Mm -hmm. And uh, you were talking about, you know, seeing movies, which is true. A few times you notice different things you hadn't seen the other times. Now, I saw it twice and didn't notice this. And I don't know if anybody here noticed it. After the second time, one of the people uh, commenting on my videos, a couple of people said, did you notice the name of John's boat? Did anybody notice the name of it? No, it was Imagine. 
And I oh. said, oh, really? I said, so the third time, I'm looking for it now. You know, I went through it the third time, and I, I still wouldn't have noticed it, I don't think. They're sitting on a boat, the two of them. It's upside down, a little a rowboat or something. Mm -hmm. And they're talking. And all the way on the right side, it does say, imagine, in script letters, which is also upside down. Well, so you you really you have to really be sharp to notice that, and that really was a nice touch. But I want to also add, I was extra happy because up to that point of the movie, as a big John fan, I was thinking, you know, kind of Paul heavy on the songs. Hey, Paul has the, those great songs, you know, those really commercial classic staples of Beatles. But I said, like they're in a scene where uh, Ed Sheeran. And uh, Jack, we're going to try to see who could write the best song in 10 minutes. They have a little Ooh. contest. I said, this would be such a good place for Strawberry Fields forever. Imagine <laughs> him coming out with Ooh. something bizarre like that. Right. But um, getting back to the the scene, when I saw John, it made up for everything. <laughs> I was like, ah, you know, they Ooh. really gave John his moment. So I, right. that also felt really, really good. So I was just really touched by it. It's my favorite scene of the movie. And uh it's worth owning when it comes out uh, for me on Blu-ray just for that. But right. <laughs> I know my girlfriend's going to want to watch it, although she can't. <laughs> she wouldn't right. be able to live in a world where there was no Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I felt the same way too. I noticed the same thing. There was, I mean, it was a lot of Paul songs, and um, you know, then after seeing that scene, okay, well, it, it makes sense that maybe uh, you know we'll we'll kind of split it up a little bit like that. Um, Kittle Tool. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I, I, oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, when he opened that door, when, when you know, I knew John was going to make an appearance. I mean, I had gathered enough from what some people had said, although I said to them, don't tell me, don't tell me how it shows up. But I kind of expected it to happen somewhere. And when that door opened, um, I really, I mean, I, I had a lump in my throat. I mean, mm -hmm. it was, it just, brought me up short you just thought holy crap that might have been what he would have looked like um and you know and it does make you think you know okay if if he you know if the Beals hadn't existed obviously you know he he wouldn't have become famous and was that I mean he would have lived and and you know he was definitely in the film kind of living on his own terms um you know and it was that would he have been happier I don't know I mean, you know, you could you could play armchair psychiatrist forever with it, but you know, it does kind of make you think about that. I will say, and and um, my uh, good friend Dara is, is watching, and she said uh, earlier, um, and by the way, she gave you a shout out too, uh, Joe. So loves your loves your YouTube channel. Oh, thank uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dara's great. Um, but anyway, she was saying she didn't particularly uh, she didn't like the actor uh, that played John Lennon, which I I honestly did not realize realize was Robert Carlyle until after the movie. I, I yeah. mean, I, he was almost unrecognizable to me. I mean, that's that's pretty amazing. I thought his voice didn't exactly sound like what I would picture. John to sound like, you know, didn't hear as much of a Liverpoolian accent. I wouldn't have wanted him to do overdo it and, and almost make it cartoonish. We've seen that in a lot of Beatles biopics. But um, I, I just, I don't know, that kind of bothered me. And the other thing, too, I just kept thinking as they were talking, would John have really... And again, I, I don't know, you know, but it, would he have really acted that way? I mean, he was this very wise, philosophical, gentle character. 
And I just kind of thought at times, would he really have greeted this stranger and, and, you know, really talked to him like that? I don't know. You know, I mean, but again, I understand it's a romantic comedy and then I shouldn't overanalyze it. But that part kind of bothered me. You know, I, I just thought, would he really be that kind of touchy feely or would he tell him, you know, right. Screw off. How do you know what, what the John Lennon of age 78 would be? Yeah, right. You know, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who may have yeah. mellowed exactly. quite a lot, and, you know? Yeah. yeah, well, they did a good yeah. job. Um, they did a good job hiding that scene. Um, websites like IMDb will generally have the complete, you know, cast listed. They didn't include Robert Kylo. I had to do a little um, Google searching to find out who played the act, you know, who, you know, Robert Kyle ended up playing John Lennon, but, uh, yeah, like that for Manny Nichols, the Liverpool John would have told him to side off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Andy. That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> would, would any of you like to kind of speculate what, you know, the world without, you know, well, actually, first of all, let me just say that the, one of the best lines in the movie, yeah, I know what uh, that. Yeah, a world without Beatles is infinitely worse, and you know yes. I like to believe that that is, that is true. And would any of you like to speculate what you know how the music scene would have looked like um, if the Beatles uh, never existed? That's for me. I would have, yeah, I, I have liked to have thought that maybe you know Rory and the Hurricanes became the biggest band, and they started. <laughs> well, and they started. Yeah. Uh, you know, they started the uh, the British invasion, and uh, you know Ringo, you know, continued to be the uh, the star that he is now. But um, that's the movie a lot. A lot of us probably would have liked to see. Also, you know, maybe they could do another one if successful enough. You know, hey. uh, do that angle of it. You know, see what, uh, what is the world really like. I mean, and I got to say, those uh, I, I like the whole st the whole scene with the two other fans who the only ones who remembered. Uh, that the Beatles existed, uh, although we don't really know how. But uh, I think my girlfriend's the only one who pointed out that they're holding a yellow submarine, and she's like, yeah, "Where did they get the yellow submarine from?" And right. I'm like, uh, "We think, well, maybe they made it themselves, or they found some shop that had a, yeah. you know, I yeah, don't know, generic you, submarine. Right. I don't know." But yeah, uh, I, yeah actually, that I'm scenes. glad you brought that up, uh, Joe, because yeah, that was one scene that that kind of turn my expectations upside down because when they came in and they had these grim faces, I thought, oh, they're going to expose them, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that. But then they turn around and say, no, we're, we're happy that you're keeping the music alive because we missed it so much. And yeah, you know. they say they can't, they can't sing. They say we can't sing, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's pretty amazing when you think about that too, like you'd be helpless you know, you can't. What are you, you going to? You can't right. do anything about it unless you want to go to a, a producer or something and say, "I got some ideas for songs," and you kind of sing them awkwardly and yeah. hum them till you get to the. That, that was that was a little interesting. I, I like those two characters being right. in there and fooling us, like you said, Kit, not really yeah. knowing what they're up to or what they want. Right. I like that. Yeah, I noticed that the guy who uh, dates Ellie who actually is the one that gives Jack a break very early on because he notices yeah. the songs. He's kind of, he sort of has a 1965 Beatle haircut. Oh. Yeah. I think you meant, yeah. I guess that's true. Think, that's true. That, that is kind of a fun thing. Uh, I will say about the movie that you do see these little Easter eggs. I loved uh, the scene where, um, 
uh, Jack was brought in to the meeting where, you know, the record execs mm. were, were plotting. <laughs> Yeah. Did you? Yeah. I love the picture. The picture? And, yeah. uh, him holding the camera and something right. just like Paul did. I was just yeah. like, okay, yeah. I'll, 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 give, yeah. I'll give him a point for that. That, right. that was a nice Easter egg. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of those that I thought were excellent. But Ken, go ahead. Yeah, I actually love what you were talking about, Joe. But that the scene where um, Jack and Ed Sheeran are, are coming up with new songs, and Ed plays his new one, which is very good. And then Jack comes up with the long and winding road. And then <laughs> yeah. is like, I give up, you know, it, it, it's great. You know, to just yeah, what does he say? He says, he says, you're Mozart. I'm, uh, yeah. Yep. That's a great, that's a great scene right there. Yeah. All right. Um, so anybody else want to add anything to the film before we, uh, we give our, uh, Oh, hey Jude! How about Hey Jude at the end? Uh, yeah. Hey Jude, you know I just want to say about that that uh, I saw it three times. You know, um, first couple of times uh, it was pretty good audience, but uh, people kept leaving. Hey Jude, you know, I thought nobody wanted to st really stay in here. Not many, but the third time I happened to see it at a small small theater with a lot of younger people in there. It was it was you know a Saturday afternoon, uh, mm -hmm. and I I had gone in. A little uh, before the movie ended, the previous show, so the credits were going up, and as I'm sitting in my seat, with, you know, there's two black girls just getting into Hey Jude. They're young, and they're like singing on and on with it and getting into it. And I was oh, so that's so good. It was a totally different audience for that show that I went to. I don't know why, and they a lot of them stayed for Hey Jude, which sounded fantastic on, uh, especially the first big theater I saw it in, and the sound quality and that that large is really good. Mm. Mm. I wanted to say that I, uh, unlike you, Tom, um, mm -hmm. I, I love cover versions of Beatles songs. Right. I love when mm -hmm. people do their own arrangements of them. But I think one of the things I like about the way they treated the Beatles catalog is that they didn't try to do carbon copies of what the Beatles did. Mm. Right. And it certainly works in the very beginning when Jack is just, all he has is his acoustic guitar. So when he does Beatles songs, it's just him alone and, and, and a guitar. Right. Um, I do love that version of Help. I love that punkish version yeah. of Help. It really yeah, I do it, too. Drives, it drives home the point that this music lends itself to so many different interpretations. It doesn't right. have to be the Beatles versions that right. you have to like the most, or yes. even though they're yeah. not for me. <laughs> but I do love different interpretations of Beatles music. Yeah, no, in I the context it. of the movie too, I liked help. Like what Kit, I think Kit was saying, she she knows, you know, she understands with the context of him being really mad and just right. venting. Yeah. I really like the way that fit in there. Yeah, when somebody makes the song kind of like their own, kind of almost like Joe Cocker did with, you know, she came in through the bathroom window or Isaac Hayes, version, my friends. Yeah, yeah, or Isaac Hayes' version of something. I mean, it, it feels like a completely different song, and I mean that's when I, you know tend to appreciate them a little bit more but but yeah definitely um anybody else kit do you want any last uh, thoughts well i mean even though i i wasn't as crazy about it i will say as i as i said it really did get me thinking about just how important these songs and 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 how ingrained in our culture and, and in our lives that that this catalog um has become and it you know it really made me think about that also i was thrilled when i saw that article um that appeared about and it, that you mentioned earlier ken about that you know five 
was a five uh, Beatles songs ended up right. uh, going up the charts. And I just thought that's wonderful because, you know, if this is going to expose different audiences to the music, yeah. I'm all for that. And, uh, and so it did its job um mm -hmm. in in that sense too so uh so i you know so i said may not have been as, as crazy about it but you know it had mm. it had its its moments and uh and if this will will bring beatles back on the charts yeah all good <laughs> i stuck i stuck around to the very very end like i think a lot of people did and sometimes they do that little gag where i'm like something happens at the very end after the, the very last copyright goes up and i'm saying they gotta have paul and ringo sitting there maybe watching the movie together what do you think you know well it was, seemed like it would have been a nice band or something <laughs> some kind of i was hoping they're gonna have paul and ringo say something maybe they're working in a factory or something was real quick that would have been amazing but you know i'm happy uh, just the same I do want to just read a couple of comments from, from our viewers. One of yes. them, Greg Thurman said, uh, great movie. Did you notice the outside shot of the studio was the old Western recorders on the movie Sunset Boulevard? Mm. Not noticed. Which I didn't know. And I want to try, I hope to find this, but yeah. I know one of our viewers said that if you saw the credits at the end, Someone who does the video editing, his real name is George Harrison. George Harrison, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw that uh, earlier. Yeah, scrolling in the comments. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. That's um, all right. So uh, thank you, everybody. Great show. Kiddo Tool, uh, what do you got coming up uh, in, your, uh, in your neck of the woods? Well, I uh, have my latest Deep Beatles uh, went up, and it's about uh, Leave My Kitten Alone, which was mm -hmm. uh, fun to write about. Uh, and I am also on a podcast, and part two just came out today. Part one is already up. It's uh, The podcast is called uh, Glass Onion on John Lennon. I'll, I'll have the link up on uh, my Facebook page and, and also the uh, Talk More Talk Facebook page. It's, uh, it's a great uh, vi uh, podcast and we talk about John Lennon's last years creatively mainly. Um, it was a great conversation. So uh, so those are right now the, the two major things uh, that okay. are going on. Gotcha. Um, you know, um, we just posted our lab season um, season finale of Two Legs uh, last week. Um, so we're on a little bit of a break until September. We're working on getting shows and, and guests uh, ready to go for, for September. And uh, if you want to go to podbean.com and uh, type in Two Legs and you can check out all of season three's episodes. Uh, you can reach us at two legs podcast at gmail.com and I'm on Facebook and as Tom Hunyadi and you can always find uh, two legs uh, Facebook page two legs a Paul McCartney uh, podcast um, also for for us talk more talk you can uh, email us at talk more solo talk at gmail.com you can check out our uh, Facebook page talk more talk and you can like the page and that's where you'll get to updates on when we're going to uh, Be live. It's usually every other Monday um, also our uh, Twitter page was it uh, talk more soul talk one was it Kate, uh, talk, or... talk one talk more talk one Thank you very much. No you can problem. find us there as well. And then once the show is done uh, the Queen does all of her magic and she whips all the shows up in the place and she puts them all over the internet. Um, Podbean, uh, you know, what else do we got? We got iTunes, we got the YouTube channel. Play, Spotify, you name it. Right, right. So, uh, Ken Michaels, what's going on in your neck of the woods? 
Well, first of all, uh, last week I got to interview Lawrence Juber. And I've interviewed Lawrence many times. He's a great person to talk to. And obviously, we talked about the Wings days. And, I've, right. and it, as a matter of fact, we got into a similar conversation <laughs> that we had a few shows back about whether or not Wings was a real band and should they be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And so we talked about that. There, there's always a chance I'm, I'm trying to get Lawrence on our show here, so that might happen. But um, he has a brand-new CD out, which is called downtown named after the patula clark hit and he does mainly jazz standards here Mm. um and one original song called airfoil it's all on acoustic guitar he's an amazing guitar player as every beatle fan knows if you go and see him at his shows or at the fest for beatle fans he's just absolutely when people see him for the first time and they're blown away it's just like you know when I go to a Paul concert or a Ringo concert, and there's people there who are seeing them for the first time, hard to believe, but yes. And uh, he's an amazing guitar player. So I'm actually giving away one copy of this on um, my trivia page, mm-hmm. but I'm also going to be doing a special contest where I'm combining Lawrence Juber's latest CD and Denny Sywell's latest CD. Oh, nice which came out something like half a year ago. A lot of great jazz music from this trio, and they do cover Live and Let Die on there. So it's going to be combined, those two CDs, um, and I will have two of each to give away. So there'll be two winners. That'll be on a special contest on my website, which probably will start, I'm guessing, Friday. Uh, That's at KenMichaelsRadio.com. And also, uh, earlier today about an hour before the start of this show i finished another program of <laughs> things we said today and um, it's a very special show because it marks believe it or not our 300th episode of the podcast so our regulars alan cozen and darren devivo are part of the show but i thought we'd bring back steve marinucci who started the show with me and al sussman so all five of us are part of this show talk about a marathon show Um, It goes on for over two hours. It's the longest show that we've ever done. We talk about a lot of things, our favorite episodes of the past, and our top three Beatle moments of all time, group or solo. Mm -hmm. And also we talk about what's going on in the news, just like we did here on this show. So that, um, because I'll have to do some editing, uh, (laughs) and it's over two hours there, it probably will be coming out Friday or next Monday. But it's it's the longest show we've ever done, and uh, I hope you can make it to four hundred. <laughs> you might ha- you might have us beat on two legs. I don't think we've gone over two and a half hours. <laughs> Congratulations! This me, is me of all people, I'm the one that wants the show to be one hour. <laughs> Try to keep it strict to one hour, and no, but, you know. Yeah, but uh, the, seriously though, I mean, three hundred is is great. Congratulations! Thank I remember. You. Yep. You know, listening, I think it was like episode nine when I first, uh, you know, caught wind of, of things we said today. And I don't know if it was nine or six, but either way, it was the episode where you and Steve first talked about uh, Magical Mystery Tour. And and you got, and <laughs> Steve is so passionate about not liking Magical Mystery Tour. And, and I'm defending it. And you were defending it. And the, the conversation, I mean, I love the way you guys were interacting with each other. And, uh, you know, and I was, I was uh, hooked instantly uh, then. So, again, congratulations on a job well done. And I look forward Thank to you. the next 100 Actually, episodes. we talk about that in this show. 
right. the, cool. the first the first two years of things we said today were just me right. and Steve, and it was all news driven. Right. The show plus whatever interviews we can get. Yeah. So yeah. I would say probably forty of the books that I've got now is because of your guys' show with you know bringing on all these authors. You know, it's you know it's really cool to you know hear about uh, you know the journey of their books, and that's one of the things that David and I do on our show is you know we love to have you know authors on as well because you know of your show. So, but um, Joe. Uh, yeah, I think Joe, half of your collection back there is what you won yeah. from my, <laughs> from every little thing by live broadcast. Anyways, but uh, Joe, what's going on with you, buddy? I got nothing. <laughs> no, uh, no, after, after he, no, Ken, you're a tough act to follow. Let me tell you, with all, all those accomplishments. No, well, you know, my channel is, of course, on YouTube. It's called Mean Mr. Mayo. Uh, which is the name that I go by, and um, you know, I, I do memorabilia stuff that I I have. I get new Beatles finds, interesting things to show you, and uh, I got to get back onto more reviews. But I recently did uh, a pretty extensive Amoeba gig, in depth review. So that's that's my most recent video that you might be interested in, and I do some other fun things too, where I just get away from the music and just do some goofing stuff like that. So I hope you'll think about maybe checking it out. Folks, thanks. Very cool. Very cool. Awesome. Well, again, we. Oh, go ahead, Ken. I just wanted to add one more thing. I'm yeah. going to be a guest on When They Was Fab. Awesome. Oh, so great. I'll be telling you all about that. Oh, uh, that should be show. Great, great yeah. guy. Ed, <laughs> so. Ed and Lonnie are, are great. They That's are. Awesome. We're a good time. Awesome. Well, uh, again, and I want to thank everybody who. Uh, checks us out here on the live chat. We really appreciate you guys coming on and, and uh, typing in all your responses. It's it's great hearing from all of you here and then on our YouTube channel and, and on everywhere else. So we really appreciate you guys coming on, taking the time out of your night to uh, listen to us ramble on about uh, all the stuff that we uh, we are passionate about just like you guys are. So, uh, so for Kid O'Toole, the queen, <laughs> Joe, me, Mr. Mayo, Ken, Dr. Johnny Fever, Michaels. <laughs> I'm Tom Hagati saying take a dose of rock and roll and cool it down with cool, cool, slow. Uh-huh. And I just screwed that up, but I don't care. Talk, talk, What?